0: to the Edible Gardens Podcast, where we talk about how your edible garden can also be your beautiful landscape. I'm your host, Nanette Blair. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I'm gonna let you guys on a little secret. My dream is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better Than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies, straight off the plant, where you know what went into it from start to finish. Also, you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, reflection, fun, and entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. After all, it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about, either the one you already have that just needs a little more oomph, or the one that's been in your head for who knows how long. Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. Okay, this week on the podcast, we're going to do another little mini-series And it's going to be all on establishment guilds. And if you're not familiar with what an establishment guild is, we're going to talk about all the different niches within a system that help set up a permanence. And we fool Mother Nature into believing, you know, I always think about that parquet commercial. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature, but in this situation, we are. We're going to go from bare soil to a mature forest, Real quick, we're going to give Mother Nature what she wants. We're going to give her all the layers of the mature forest, and we do that through building an establishment guild and go ahead and giving the system all the niches that it wants, that it needs in order to have the support so that your main crops can grow in a permanent way. So we would call that a food forest once it's established. But going, and you know, this was one of those things that for me, when I took the permaculture course, was really confusing. The way that you can tell the difference is an establishment guild is something that you introduce into the system, and over time, it becomes the food forest. The definition in the dictionary for establishment was kind of funny. It's the act of establishing something, so I had to take it down even further and Look up establish. Establish is to set up an organization, system, or set of rules on a firm or permanent basis. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking to set up a permanent system. When you look at what a guild is, it's described as a medieval association of craftsmen, merchants, uh, often having considerable power. Okay, that sounds good. That's what we're looking for. We want it to have considerable power. We want it to stand on its own. And when I think of a medieval association or guild, I always think of the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. They're the ones that come in and set up the essential services for the village, right? It could be the builders. It could be the cloth makers, the weavers. When I think of a guild, that's what I think of. But there was a second definition, and that second definition says an association of people for mutual aid or the pursuit of a common goal. When I hear that definition, I think of something like the National Association of Realtors or the Plumbers Association or the National Education Associations. but there was a third definition definition and it says a real all caps real big letters ecology and that was a group of species that have a similar requirement and play a similar role within a community well I don't agree with that definition in my mind we're going to introduce a lot of various species plant species that have very diverse roles within the community. We're, we're trying to establish a new colony. You know, we're trying to st- uh, just think about the pioneers, right? We're, we're sending in the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. We're sending in builders. We're sending in um, people that make fabric so that it has the essential services of a community to kind of establish in your mind what an establishment guild is about. So there are different things that you can consider. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. For me, I'm just trying to support my main crop, uh, my thriller, my centerpiece. It might be a peach tree. It might be a fig tree. It could be anything that you want it to be, but it needs to be something permanent. If you're like me and you grow in a zone where a tomato plant is an annual, it's not there all the time. It's not gonna grow as an overstory. So it needs to be something that is permanent or a perennial, a tree, something that is going to probably be the overstory layer of your food forest. So that's your first thing that you bring in. And then we're gonna help it along by giving it Nitrogen fixer, a weed barrier, a dynamic accumulator, an insectiary layer. We're going to give it fumigants. We're going to just combine a lot of things, and they all play different roles, and sometimes they play a dual role. They might be a weed barrier and a nitrogen fixer, but we're going to get into all of that this week on the podcast. Today, I wanted to go ahead and cover the weed barrier layer. And I know that we've already talked about this. Basically, your weed barrier is going to be something that is going to cover the ground. It's going to prevent that weed seed from seeing any sunlight. So to prevent germination, it's just going to kind of smother it to death. (laughs) It's not going to give it any light. What we're trying to do is recreate the mature forest. And in a mature forest, it just has this mulch layer from the leaves of the trees that have fallen to the ground. It's also going to be covered in an overstory layer to where there's no sunlight that's coming in. It's going to prevent evaporation so that that moisture stays in the ground. But it's also going to protect the wildlife layer that's underneath the ground, all that microbiology. But there are so many plants that you can use in the system to cover the mulch layer with. Some of the ones that I like to use for weed barriers, and I know this may seem kind of redundant if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, but now when we're talking about weed barriers, we're also talking about their multifunctional roles. Clover is a good weed barrier. It prevents weeds from coming up. It kind of stays low to the ground and it prevents the sunlight from coming through. It covers the ground. It prevents evaporation, but it also is a nitrogen fixer. So it pulls nitrogen out of the air and puts it down into the ground. And we're gonna cover nitrogen fixers on another day this week in this little mini series, but it serves a multi-purpose role. And then there is time that serves as a weed barrier, but it also serves as a fumigant. That's another niche that we're going to talk about this week. And then you have something like sweet alyssum, that's an insectiary. When I say insectiary, it means it brings in the beneficial insects. It might be pollinators that are going to, it's going to bring in things that are going to pollinate your tomatoes. And then you have something like colt's foot, that is also a dynamic accumulator. Colt's foot puts out these big leaves and it'll really cover the ground, but it's also serving a multiple role. So, <laughs> I think you see where I'm going with this, but planting plants in the ground that fulfill one niche, such as a ground cover or a weed barrier that helps prevent erosion, it helps keep the moisture into the soil or prevent evaporation, And it can also serve multi-functions or fulfill a different niche within the system. Okay, if you can't tell, I'm a big believer in ground cover. (laughs) But here is a short list of some of the ground covers that I have in my garden or in my Excel spreadsheet of things that I want to have someday. Uh, Clover, we've already talked about that. Ground cherry. Ground cherry is something that grows wild out here at my place. It just, it, I, you know, I knew what it was because I had looked it up. It was on my radar, uh, but it just, it, it's something that tastes kind of like, and again, it grows wild out here and it covers the ground. I never have to plant it. It just comes back year after year, but it is, it tastes kind of like a pineapple and a tomato. But it's called a ground cherry. And it's just... I've heard a lot of people talk about making jams and jellies out of this. Um It's not anything that I really was top priority. But since it grows out here wild, I just... It's kind of weed. I just kind of let it grow. And it's edible. And it's something that I can use. And I did taste it. And it tastes... um It tastes kind of strange. <laughs> it's a little bit different. I have not made jellies out of this. But... I let it grow in the garden. Uh, nasturtiums, Nasturtiums are something that I have been growing for as long as I've been gardening because it's one of the plants that Sally Jean Cunningham recommends in her great garden companions book. But it covers the ground and it shelters beetles and it's an insectiary because it pulls in. It's got a big, beautiful bloom on it. And if you've ever been to one of these five-star restaurants, a lot of times they'll serve nasturtiums in a salad and it's, you know, it's a flower, but it's also edible. Also oregano, I think I've talked about oregano a lot if you can't tell, I really believe in oregano. It makes a great ground cover. Uh, I use oregano a lot in my cooking, and I just I just don't see any reason not to have a lot of it. It serves so many different purposes. It's a fumigant, and it's a ground cover. Uh, when I say ground cover, I, I mean weed barrier. I use those. Those two terms are mean the same thing to me, weed barrier, excuse me, weed barrier and ground cover, to me they're the same thing. Okay, and then pumpkin is one that might surprise you, I don't know, but it's a great ground cover. It has big, huge leaves on it, and it prevents the sun from hitting the ground. It covers the ground, and you know, in the Three Sisters uh, method of gardening that the Indians taught the Pilgrims about. One of the things that it also did, it not only did it cover the ground, but it keeps raccoons from, they just don't like it. They don't want to be covered up that way, and it kept them from getting to the corn, according to the lore of yore. (laughs) But yeah, anything that's a pumpkin or like a squash that has those big leaves on it, that's a good ground cover and weed barrier. Spinach is something that's a really good ground cover. Strawberry is a good ground cover. And you kind of have to let that plant fill out a little bit, but it is a good ground cover when it gets going. Sweet alyssum, that's one that I've covered. It's a great insectiary; It pulls in a lot of um, beneficial insects, and it shelters a lot of beneficial insects. So, But it does cover the ground really, really well. Uh, Sweet potato is one of those that, you know, sometimes you see sweet potato vine as a plant in the store grown as an ornamental. So they have those real pretty chartreuse leaves and then sometimes it's kind of a red leaf. But I say, why not go ahead and grow the real sweet potato? It has the same kind of leaves. It's not as bright as those leaves, but it's going to give that same kind of ground cover effect and you get food from it. I'm not a big sweet potato eater, but I know that my family likes it. My husband likes it. My daughter likes it. My grandkids like it. So it's one of those things that I have never grown, but I am going to start growing sweet potato because I have grown sweet potato vine in the past. And, you know, why not? Just, I'm doing that this year. This is going to be my first year. I actually only tried sweet potato Last year at Thanksgiving, I'm 54 years old. I've never eaten it before. It is going to be a good ground cover. And that's what I want in the ground. Why not have food with it as well? Thyme is one that I've already talked about. You know, the other thing about thyme that I really like, all edible gardening aside, it's a an evergreen. It grows all winter long. Last year, I had it in the ground and we had this ice storm and everything was just encased in ice. And the thyme was frozen. I had frozen thyme in my garden. And yes, I did play that up on Instagram. <laughs> but all the ice thawed. It was just fine. And that's one of the things that I love about the rosemary and some of the other things. But to me, that gives another component or another, uh, it ticks another box for me as far as it being beautiful and ediful I want to have some interest in the wintertime, and that's one of those things that is evergreen. So, anything that's evergreen, I'm trying to find more of that that has some sort of winter interest. Anyway, those are some of my, that's a short list that I have for some good ground covers. There's so many more, I'm sure, that you can think of. Like I said, I'm kind of branching out on more ornamental things. Another good one is petunias. They cover the ground, they are a barrier to weeds, and they're just pretty. They're a great opportunity to add some color, whichever color you want. They come in just about every color there is. So, I think that this is a good place to wrap it up. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about dynamic accumulators, and if you don't know what that is... I would tune in because it's very interesting. And what I have to say about it might surprise you, even if you know about what dynamic accumulation is. So um, anyway, that's it for today. Y'all have a good week. Bye-bye. And as we wrap up today's show, I want you to know this podcast is dedicated to you. If you're searching for a better source of food for yourself and the ones you love, I'm inviting you to come along on this journey with me. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can hit that subscribe button. And let's all figure out together how we can put delicious, nutritious, and safe food on the table. And remember, your edible garden can also be your beautiful landscape. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. Bye for now.